A Better You podcast is hosted by myself, Dr. Clifford Yun, physical therapist. We'll be talking about techniques to improve your mental and physical health. The ideas and topics discussed are based upon the experiences and research of myself and my guests. They do not replace the personal consultation of a trained clinician. If you or someone you know is having a mental or physical health problem, you should consult an appropriately certified clinician. Hi, and welcome to the A Better You podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's a kind of a broad subject matter, but a very important matter that we will talk about throughout this season and probably seasons to come, hopefully, about pain. Pain itself is something that is kind of a mandatory thing to start the relationship with physical therapists, but physical therapy is only one part of the bigger understanding of how do we work with pain, how do we understand pain how do we work around pain or do we work around pain so this week's guest is someone that you wouldn't think i'd be talking to initially but when we think about it he's definitely qualified his name is devin williams he is a mixed martial artist he is a personal trainer and he has a fantastic profile that you will learn about that has him having the particular experience to talk to us about pain so without further ado uh, this is our fourth episode of the ABY, A Better You podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and here's Devin Williams. So on this episode of the ABY, A Better You podcast, we are going to talk with a local fitness and health talent in the area for the Philadelphia area, my new adopted home. Uh, this is Devin Williams. I'm going to let Devin uh, introduce himself and tell us a little about, about, about himself. Um, thanks for having me on, number one. Really appreciate you reaching out. Um, just to give a little background myself, um, I started training. I come from a family of fighters. So my mother competed in judo and full contact karate. Not like the YMCA stuff, like straight kickboxing. <laughs> Savage my dad. Yeah, yeah, she was she she was hard to deal with growing up. <laughs> I couldn't out I couldn't with her. I couldn't just be like, oh, I'm bigger than you now. I got flipped in my head a couple times. <laughs> and she beat one of my, she beat up one of my jiu-jitsu instructors when I was 17. So that was that was an experience. <laughs> um my father my father uh boxing kickbox, my um uncles did military combat training. All my cousins in North Carolina are like all rank national uh, nationally ranked with B one guys and wrestling, so I just come from a family of just head crackers. <laughs> so um, I started training when I was around six. My first competition when I was seven, and I'm yeah I'm 27 now, and I haven't stopped. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it. I was kind of bred into head cracking which is a lot of uh the stories of the the better talents especially in philadelphia they normally come from a lineage of fighters whether it be their uncle's father etc right um, yeah that's kind of how i got into it that's that's <laughs> which they were all like 
Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it seems it's like it's one of those things that it's unavoidable. It's like it, it's not something that you think about becoming. You just it's just kind of it's in you. It is who you are. It is yeah. definitely defined by your, your lineage for sure. And that that's a, like a, that's a big thing, knowing about fighting it as far as like as a, as a sport, as a skill set, you know, whether it's a boxer and or any martial arts, it tends to be not always, but tends to be passed down. You know, there's something doesn't just magically appear that you're a fighter, right? There's something yeah. that influences you. Normally for the people that just try to get into it later, it does not go very well. <laughs> yeah, like I, there's no way you're going to see my 38-year-old body going, maybe today's the day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Some people try it. Some you people try, try it. Learn. But uh, that's not going to be, that's not going to match up to someone who's got so much like you rack that experience in which goes with any field right you know your, your years well, of harsh realities i have to explain as a because i also am a trainer um I, I i had the pleasure of being groomed to be a trainer from my trainer and uh as his career went along and he started moving into his retirement years he elevated me to head coach of my gym which was a big honor but a huge responsibility that means that i got a bunch of guys who are more experienced than me like they were pro athletes at the time. I have a bunch of younger guys coming in and I'm responsible for all of them. And one of the main things that I have to explain to parents specifically, like adults kind of get it. They kind of get like, like how you just said, it's like you, you kind of come in like, you know, I, I'm a little later on in life. I probably shouldn't be doing it, but if I wind up getting good and I could get one or two fights just to tell my kids about it, that's fine. When parents bring their 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds to me, and this is going to lead into, you know, what we wanted to talk about in this podcast is that I have to be honest with them. Do you want your child to learn the craft or do you want them to become a competitor? Because those are two different things. When you sign up to be a competitor, you're sign they always imagine like the glory. It's like you get, you know, quickest way to you know multis and millions of dollars you get to be a star athlete all those things like that is for the one percent of fighters the one percent of fighters the rest of it even if you're like a good guy just like kind of top top 10 but not top three it's hard you don't get to eat what you want to eat because you got to cut weight all the time you can't party like how you want to party you don't get to have the home relationship that you want to have because of very selfish sport and you're going through pain all the time because you're trying to outwork that person that's next to you and that's just the base of it there's no real like glory in this unless it's amongst your peers because base spectators are going to switch with whoever's hot at the moment the promoters don't care as long as, long as you're making money so the only people you're competing for is your peers and your peers you can go. You can be a, a, a normal gym guy who just happens to be good enough to hang in with pros, and we'll all talk about. You. It's not. It's not what people think it is, and you're subjecting your child to the business of head trauma. That's what this is. We're in a business of head trauma. We're trying to inflict head trauma, and we're trying to avoid it, and we always don't get the latter. A lot of times it happens to us, and in the process, we break the rest of our bodies down. You want to entrust your baby with me, your kid with me. I'm going to do everything I can, but understand the risk. You signing them up for the business of head trauma. It's one thing I like to be open with, just straight up front, because it's that's not a glory. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know that, 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 that opens up a whole other area that I was wondering about, too, uh, before we even had this conversation, actually. So, so I'm glad you're approaching that. So, so for, 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 our, for our listeners, for our viewers on the video simulcast here, uh, 
you can kind of begin to see why uh, I wanted Devon on this because what I wanted to talk about in general with this podcast, this is a huge topic in general when it comes to physical therapy is pain, right? And we know that pain isn't very uh, one dimensional. You know, it isn't like a, like a little paper cut, like, ouch, that's pain, that's it. Uh, pain tends to be a lot more, if anything, more four dimensional. There is a psychological component. There's the influence of the, your peers around you, your family, everything. Your, maybe you're, you're, if you're working, it's your work as well as the pain, you know, and, and the, those constructs that really uh, impose upon you and how that can affect you. And who could better understand that than one, someone who, who has fought professionally, who has come from now I know a lineage of fighters and now who also trains fighters. And, and thankfully, and I gotta say thank you, respectfully teaches people and tells people outright that this is not for everyone and that the glory of the glorification of fighting and the reason what you know we, we can all you know, respectfully watch it but is that it's it's not just that these people work really hard to get where they're gonna get and you're not always gonna have that Mayweather backing behind you that guy worked hard he ain't snacking down you know 20 big macs a day he's working hard doing something else he's probably not eating the things he wants to eat because he knows he has to keep it not only his body his 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 he also has to keep his image he has to keep everything all that's piling in on top of daily pain regular pain so i think that's that's a, a very important psychological fact to be talking about uh so so let's let's get into a little bit more uh, centered uh, concept or question, I guess. Um, you know, as as a as a mixed martial artist, uh, uh, as a fighter overall, what would you define? You know, we have certain relationships with with pain. You know, what do you define your relationship as pain is as best as you can describe? It? I can I can only really describe it um, for me and how I kind of kind of try to instruct. The people that are around me and my, my on my fight team, and it's just as much as you hate it, pain is necessary for growth in this business. It's and most facets of life, pain is necessary for growth. You learn through suffering, yes. but you have to be able to put yourself in those difficult positions. You have to be able to push yourself to that very uncomfortable. You gotta go to that dark place where you know that all there is is pain. So mentally, when it happens in a fight, you're prepared to walk through that fire. We always we always compare it to when when it gets rough in a fight, you got to crawl through broken glass to make it to the next round. And that's that's very hard for people to kind of get a concept of. Um, but that's how how me and my team look at it. It's a necessary thing. We hate it. Oh, we hate it. We're talking about just regular, just our muscles are sore, our back might be sore, our neck just might be sore from clenching and stuff. We're not even talking about injuries. That's a whole nother thing. Right. Injuries change the entire game. But yeah, that's kind of how we think about it. Right. I, I, I like this, you know, this is the understanding about pain. You know, I think that at a basic level, uh, we, we think of pain and injury, we have to push through uh, whether, and again, like you said, you know, we have, this is, this is such a metaphor for life. Uh, that that there are things that we we just have to deal with. There's it's 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 a it's it's non-negotiable, right? And, and and it's a it's it's what you've what you've bought into, uh, and and there's a reason for it. There's a reason for all of that. 
Uh, I, I love the the uh, the quote is probably not 100% quoted correctly, but Serena Williams talks about always being sore. She's like, there's not a day where I'm not in pain. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? I'm if anyone right knows, now. like, training, right? I'm, I'm on fire right now. That's why I'm yeah. holding my arms like this because my triceps hurt. <laughs> he, not just, he's not just posing people. He's, he's, oh, no. he's, he's doing a little massage work on the side. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just the, the reality of, of the of the of pain. And sometimes, whether we like it or not, that pain is there for a reason, right? And, and it is it is beneficial in many ways to learn the pain and understand the pain and use that as a reason to do better, right? And, and to improve yourself. And I think pain itself can be, can be the thing that drives you away from doing something better for yourself or toward doing something better for yourself. And, and, and I think in that, construct, uh, in that construct, rather, we have to be thinking about what inspires you, what pushes you forward. Now, obviously you say you come from like a, a line of, of, of a lineage of fighters. What else in, inspires you to, to fight that? You know, what, what's the thing that really pushes behind you when you, when you, when you're at the Oh man, I, I'm gonna sound psychotic on camera. <laughs> <laughs> we can always edit it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, 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 look, uh, because I'm not, I'm not one of those, I'm not one of those athletes that's going to kind of give you a cookie cutter answer. That's going to be like, oh, it's because of my family or because of honor or because of this. Yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, and I feel most fighters will admit this, we try to convince ourselves not to fight a lot of times because it's so hard. Like the reality of it is so, so hard. It's like every day we have to train knowing someone else is training to try to kill us, especially when you're successful because now they're trying to kill us on TV. <laughs> this is even worse. Um, so everyone has to find that reason. My reason is this. And again, I don't want to sound psychotic. <laughs> I don't want to sound psychotic. At the end of the day, I need to know who would win? That's it. There is no, my thing is if me and another athlete were in like a doomsday situation and it's a lat, it's the piece of meat and that's the last thing we can get to survive, who gets the bone? I need to know who gets it. Like that's, that's all it is. I just, it's not about, for me, it's not about the fans, even though I love my fans, please keep buying my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Love my fans. I'm not saying I don't care about y'all. Um, it's not even so much about the, the the glory of my peers. It's I need to know, and maybe this is just like some psycho alpha male thing. I need to know, like, if me and this person were locked in, who's going to grind it out harder? Who's going to be able to win that fight? I just need to know. Even if it's me losing, I just need to know. Right. Right. I know. I like this, this concept because I, I think you, you do have to kind of pare things down. There's, there's always this kind of greater meeting, meaning, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to really reflect upon it and have that kind of mindfulness for that. But at the end of the day, once you get into that ring, that's it. Just you, have to shut, you have to be able to shut that, that noise out mm -hmm. and just, just perform really. And that, and that's a good perspective for, for, for all. Again, another, another life lesson that you can find for, from the ring. Um, now, what else do I wanna talk about? Oh, um, so, so I, think, I think this is another good thing to talk about too, you know, in relation to, to fighting and training. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you, you just, 
that's that's your mindset. You're in there. That's what you got to do. But you know, doubt can creep in. You know, like you said, like, I don't want to do that. And you know, as as a trainer too, I think this is something you probably see a lot. Just not even outside from the people who are trying to be fighters, but just trying to get healthier. Um, as doubt sets in, uh, what's something that you advise your clients and your fighters as, as doubt sets in? What's the thing that 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 you see? tends to help or, or you give advice for to kind of remove that doubt about what they're doing at the moment or, or their or the fight ahead or even mainly I think usually I would say it's something that's going on when you're like when you're training someone you can see the yeah. doubt something's something's messing with their head so it's a little different like if I'm training someone to be in shape so I'm gonna I'm specifically speak on fighters in this scenario sure. um every every experienced coach knows a way to keep their fighter mentally healthy in terms of their ability. Because one of the things that happens is when you're training with a team, we're all getting better. So you don't really feel the growth, especially if you're one of the younger members and newer members on a team, you don't feel the growth. So normally I have like, I call a feed day where I'll, I'll get like a guy who is around where that particular student or fighter was when they first came. So if you were like maybe a B-level amateur when you first came and I've seen you come up to a solid pro guy, you don't feel that because you're getting your ass kicked every day. I'll put you in with a guy who used to be your equal and you'll feel the difference. But sometimes that's not enough. The one thing, and this comes from Corey Anderson on the, on the JRE thing, and I, I had so many ways of saying it, but he summarized it so quick. It only lasts so long. And it comes in two ways. This, 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 this feeling of the pain, this feeling of like the hardness. Typically speaking, our careers are very short. Especially if you get out healthy. You wanna, you wanna make it very short. If a kid gets in at 20 and that's when he starts to make his run, generally they retire around 30 to 33. It's not even a 15 year career span. I'm saying so no matter how bad it is, you only have this small window of time to do everything you need to do. So you don't have time to worry about doubt. You don't even have time to worry about the pain. All you got to do is like just nose to the ground, grind as hard as you possibly can because you only get 10 to 13 years average if you're lucky, if you're successful. If you're getting beat up, then your career is going to be even shorter than that, especially on my team, because I'm going to force you to retire. I'm not going to let you just keep getting beat up. Seriously, I'm not. But it's like it just only lasts so long. You don't have time to do it. It's not like a thing where you have this long-standing career. You can, I can grind now, and 20 years later, it's like, no, this is it. After 33 in the fight world is ancient. You're an old man. I'll give a perfect example for anyone listening. Jose Aldo is considered to be like one of the most legendary 145 pounders in MMA. He's 33. <laughs> People don't realize that he's only 33. He's had an entire illustrious career from 20 to 33. And that's it. And now he looks like he needs to retire. That's one of the best guys that had one of the best careers ever. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I, th- I feel like the, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like when, I, when, when UFC got, you know, the first like, one or two seasons of really being in your face, UFC, you know, being more mainstream. And you see that these guys that 
they didn't just start fighting. I mean, they've been in the circuit for, for a long time. Like Chuck Liddell, when, when, when more people understood who Chuck Liddell was, he was already like kicking that, that door of retirement. He was very close to it, right? Already yeah. by then. And people don't under, under they see that as, the, you know, maybe the first, first um, experience of what MMA fighting and fighting competitively is. But they understand that that's not normal. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. not normal at all. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what was, what was, there's something that the, I was just thinking about when you're, you're talking about this and, 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 oh yeah. So, you know, yes, you have to be realistic when it comes to this, this career choice and, 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 and you, you have to stay focused and, and focus is such a huge part of, you know, physical training and having a better mindset of, of your, your, your task at hand. Um, and, and obviously I think some part of that has to be your, your circle, right? The people around you. Um, is there, are there times as a coach uh, and even as yourself that you have to shut off the, 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 those influences around you that can be, can, can pull you to the wrong way? Is it, do you, do you? Every person. Every person. Every person. Because they don't even understand like what the distractions are. Like we just said, it's so long. So you can have a successful, uh, I mean, a circle, I said a successful circle of people that love you you and care about you and want the best for you. But one of the, like, one of the big problems is, like I said, this, this is a very selfish sport. You have to understand, again, your time is finite. So you can't, you have to give up a lot of things, which is, that's the reality of it. So a lot of people in the circle, no matter how much they love you, can't handle being second. Normally that's whatever your significant other is, because the truth, you have to become second. There is no way around it. I'm sorry if you don't want to hear it, but if you don't believe me, and look at any interview of a successful MMA fighter's partner, whether it's male or female, and they'll let you know how stressful it is. Look, it just lets you know how stressful it is. And that's stress is going to impact how you conduct yourself because you're going to want to make time for that significant other you're going to want to make them feel good and it's like unfortunately you can't do that you don't have enough time to do it and it's not fair at all but you're in the business of head trauma so you got to you got to do what you got to do it might be a friend that's like oh you've been training this whole time let's just go out and relax and you have like one drink off time and that throws your weight cutting cycle off something like that we're not even talking about super negative influence these are like normal people that love you situations obviously it's going to be the people that pull you into spending your money using drugs getting you into a bunch of bs but we're talking about just normal everyday situations and good healthy relationships those things are going to affect you it affects me it affects them and a lot of the times i have to just i'll have to as a coach sit down with someone's partner and play therapist and let them know that at the once this run is over they have all the time in the world all the time in the world hopefully but if they give everything to you right now the risk is they can really get hurt right it's not like again you've heard that you heard the at the uh, additive you cannot play fighting right you go on a basketball court worst thing happens freak accident you blow you might blow your acl you might mess your shoulder up and you might have to sit out for two years even if you get a career ender worst 
case scenario and like basketball or something is again, you have a freak accident, tear a, a ligament to the point of no return and your career is just over. That's worst case scenario. Maybe a concussion on top of that. Very rarely do you see someone get something beyond that in the worst case scenario. In fighting, you don't go home. That's the worst case scenario. Right, right, right. It's, it's even more of a, of a risk at lib, so to speak. Don't make it home. AC motors again. Right. So I can hear you. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 a it's like um, it's it's such a high, heightened level of risk for you not to be at your hundred percent. It's it's one of those things that the armchair watcher will critique when someone makes it big enough, and we say, well, they're probably distracted by Hollywood or, or something like that, right? Or, or yeah. some other thing, you know, and, and, and you could totally validly see that, you know, if you have 10 billion other things going around you because you, you're being pulled for marketing this, that, and you're, but, you're, but your main goal is still fighting, right? So, you know, you're always going to kind of question that. Um, this leads me to a question that I, I, I think I forgot to tell you uh, about, but I, I like this question because it, it talks about, you know, injury, right? And, um, you know, when, when we have, Injury, injury can give us that setback and then those negative points come in and then those easy distractions are easier to reach. Um, in your own experience or experience of your fighters as well or training consults, um, with injury, have you found those dis distractions and, and, and how, did you, how did you feed your way out of that one? The, the injuries is literally the story of my career. <laughs> story of my career. Uh, unfortunately, because I started, I mean, fortunately, because I started early, I, I was able to have like an extremely strong base by the time I was able to compete amongst, you know, the higher level guys, but I, I put a lot of wear on my body. Like I wasn't like soft weight kickboxing. I was fighting grown men since I was 13 in the gym every day to prepare myself to become a high level athlete. And it is injuries are probably the number one enders of careers not even like violent knockouts. It's like normally in the gym, it's sad, it's sad to see. And I'll just go through a little bit of what I've gone through personally. It's like I had this entire arm from here, my labrum, my uh, anterior pec, at like every part of my, this part of my pec down to my bicep, all in here was all destroyed for years. If I got the surgery, it was gonna put me out for a while. And they were being honest. We're like, we just don't know how the recovery is going to be because it's so bad. We don't know how you're going to be able to. So I just fought through it. It got worse. I got the surgery, had to sit out for a while. Then I destroyed my knee, my right knee. And I fight through it. I get a couple fights. I went on my fights. I'm thinking I'm good. Then I destroy my other knee. Now, in a span of five years, most of that's been sitting injured and just trying to go through rehab to get it back. And I might fight one time, one time. That's also one perspective. John Jones became a world champion. He went from amateur to world champion in five years. Right. Francis Ngannou went from amateur to champion in five years. So that's how long that is. I've had to sit on the sidelines for a giant, like I said, we said, if it's 10 to 13 years, almost half of my career had just been sitting on the sideline with injuries. And that's the story of a lot of guys. And the problem is if you don't rehab correctly as a physical therapist, you know what the consequences are. You're going back on the table. You're going back to sitting down. And now it's going to take even longer. 
a little frozen for a sec, but but I got you. Um, but yeah, so so you know the the, the I think the, the thing that people can take home for this, whether they're interested or not in fighting, is the concept that um, the work that it takes once you're injured it, it it benefits you more than anything else to get it done right to rehab correctly to 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 understand your pain understand your injury and do to both all the right gym owners have a physical therapist as a part of your staff have a physical therapist as a part of your staff if you do not have a physical therapist as a part of your your staff, then you are really doing your your fighters, your team big disservice. Just having someone there, whether it's every other day or every day, just for like right after you work out. Like guys don't even understand like the importance of just like understanding the mobility of their shoulder. Like they don't even know how their shoulder's supposed to move. They, they don't know how they don't know how their like their neck's supposed to move. Like they don't. A lot of fighters just like, oh my neck is my neck is, I went to school physical therapy, investors. I need a doctor so I can practice. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't have time to keep doing this. And yeah, remember, I, I don't know if you were around when they did all that, <laughs> where they was like, oh, you gotta have a doctor to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back to school. That's done. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like they, a lot of these guys don't even understand like the difference between like good pain and bad pain. <laughs> They're like, oh, I have a, like a, a stinger in my neck. That's like bro fighter talk. I got like a stinger in my neck or in my back. <laughs> and I said, I'm like, you should probably go get that checked out. And then he felt, realizes his neck was so jacked that the disc, disc, C, it was like, uh, I think it was C3, two and three started to fuse on its own. Oh, man. Yeah, like he was just like, he was always like, I have incredible pain in my neck, but it's just like a stinger I caught from a kid. <laughs> That's not something, if you have neck pain since you were a kid, you should probably get that checked out, bro. Yeah, yeah, oh man. They don't know how to do basic mobility tests. They don't know how to do, they don't know how to do those type of things. You tell a guy to stick his hand straight up in the air and then rotate his palm forward and stick his hand back. Half of them will get like right here and their back will start shaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like you said that because this is the reality, right? If, if if you're at a pro level of any sport, they have a team, and they, this is what other people need to realize. Whether it's a physical therapist, athletic trainer, you know, the, these people are a sports conditioning coach, right? These guys are there for for this one person or a whole team. They're always there. So if you're gonna put yourself out and train to this degree, you better find that circle to be on mm -hmm. your team. Because you will not make it. You will not make it. There, there, you have to you have all three. All three you just listed. All three you just listed. You need all of them, not just a physical therapist. Right. Because some of them are only, they only know what we call book. You know, if you've been in the field, you know. Some guys only know book. They haven't been in the field long enough to be like, okay, this deviates a little bit from the model that we see every day in a book that, right. that we practice on from, you know, whatever our standard is. And they don't, might not know how to do it, but long-term, they know how to put together a, a, a regimen and a program for you to recover. They know how to do those type of things. Some athletic trainers are very good at just acute. Like, the second that happens, they right on top of you. They know exactly when to pull you out. They're used to working with those on-site injuries. And you need, of course, a strength and conditioning coach or, or something that can take guide you through those workouts in a safe, a safe manner. Right. You need all three of those guys. 
Absolutely. Now, sometimes, you know, you might get two and one, hell, three and one. I don't really believe in a three and one, but some people do. We need <laughs> all of those people. Like, this is, this is, this is everything. If this, even if, and people like to complain about the price. It's like, look, it costs to be the boss. It just is what it is. It costs to be the boss. You can't find a top level fighter that doesn't have all three of those or a top level gym that doesn't have all three of those. I love that. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to write so it. important that UFC made an entire institute about it. No, that's, that's a fantastic, I love that quote, you know, it costs to be the boss. I, you know, it's, it's probably something we all hear at some point in our life, whether it's work or a career or even like, you know, just managing your own home, right? You know, it takes money to get what you, to, to succeed to another level. And, it, and we have to understand that as not just, oh, it's money out, but it's an investment in yourself at the mm -hmm. end of the day. If you really want this, you're going to take that investment and make sure that you're operating at that best of ability when you are in for your instance when you're in that ring and you're thinking it's either him or me or yeah. you know, or, or her or me or whichever your scenario for your fight scenario out there uh, you better have your whole team preparing you for that you got to be at the mm -hmm. same game you gotta you expect if you're thinking that person's supposed to be somewhere at your level that they probably have the same team or more so you better have your game on when it comes to your team. Cool. Fantastic. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna use it. Cost to be the boss. I, I think I'm gonna put that in the back of my gym. Cost to be the boss. <laughs> All right. Uh that's fantastic. And uh I pro I probably could talk for a long amount of time. I feel like we can go into another episode of other things for sure. Um always uh, invite me back. All right, yeah, absolutely. I got I gotta I gotta meet you at the gym one day when I get out of this uh when I get out of the office and, and, and reach out to you and we can, we can talk, you know, face to face. But um, in the meantime, I, I like to end these podcasts with a, with a slightly lighter, but still reflecting upon the bigger message of building a better you. Because really, that's what this, this podcast at the end of the day is. How do you, how do you structure yourself to get through, through the distractions, through pain and understanding pain and have, and have a relationship with pain? It's okay. It's okay to have a relationship with pain. It's not a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Let's say that. So uh, habits can be a, a way for us to really hinder ourselves from being better at ourselves. So my question for you, is there something that you have as such as like a bad habit that you feel that you could probably be better for to make a better version of yourself? Uh, in general or just in terms of athletics? In general. In general? Um, woof. Oh, I'm a therapist when I get. <laughs> you have a lot of bad habits, bro. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it. Mental and physical health, man. That's what's good. I know. I know. Um, I think, I know this is primarily one of my bad habits, and especially for men, this is like a lot of our bad habits, is you don't always have to be the problem solver. Don't always have to be the problem solver. Like, I know, like, men, we especially guys who are successful and, you know, Pro, like problem solving orientated one of our things we just have to see the world in black and white it's like get comfortable with the gray get comfortable with you're not able to solve the problem sometimes you just got to sit there and just let it be whatever it is and be okay with whatever it is and I know that's a big problem that I have because I'm just like uh I've been just dealing with this my entire life I'm very much like if like if my partner comes to me and they have an issue I'm like all right how do we solve it <laughs> They're like, I don't know. I'm like, so then why did you come to me if you didn't want me to solve it? <laughs> or they're like, 
Dev, they're like, Devin, why did you? Why don't you tell me these things? And I'm like, because you can't help me solve this problem. You don't have any way to solve the problem. They're like, you should still tell me. I'm like, why? You can't help. Why would I just stretch you out with it? It's okay. It's okay. You can take the armor off sometimes and just live in the gray. You don't got to be black and white all the time. And I know when some people see this interview with me, I'm, my DMs are going to go crazy. I told you. I told you. <laughs> Admitting it, I told you. Oh, my therapist. Oh, she's going to dig into me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that is fantastic. I didn't, I didn't expect that nugget, but that was fantastic. That, that absolutely. That you have to be comfortable. I'm definitely at fault with that. You have to be comfortable with the gray. That is so true because you, you can't. You just are not supposed to be able to take care of everything, and that's the thing. I think for the healthcare workers that are listening. For the coaches that are listening, a lot of times people are coming to us with a problem and we're, we're ideally there to fix it to some way or form or provide a pathway for that. But not everything can be fixed that way. And, not, and you may not be that person. And sometimes that person's strictly just there to tell you something because they just need to talk to someone. That's it. You're not there to be the advice. You can say, maybe you should talk to so-and-so but it doesn't mean that you have to be the one to, to fix it. And that's, and you have to remove that burden from yourself. You don't need to be that. And, and, and mm -hmm. so that, you know, you're going to be healthier if you realize that you don't need to be that because you're just going to burn yourself out. And then you're no good to the other people, to the rest of the people that you can take care of. So that's, that's fantastic. Everybody go to therapy. Yeah. Everybody go to therapy. That's right. That's right, man. Especially, fantastic. Especially for men, especially our, our, our troubled men, our successful men, where we've had to, you know, claw our way, as I guess, like I say, crawl through that broken glass to be everyone else in our field, just to have, you know, our name recognized, to get a certain type of title. It comes at a cost. It comes at a cost, whether it's uh, just simple as empathy. Like you have to, you know, put the armor up and not worry about because reality is you taking food off of someone else's plate to make sure that your plate is full. And that's what you're supposed to do is take care of, you know, what's around you. But that comes with scars, whether you realize it or not. You repress a lot of things, whether you realize it or not. Facing the world every day, whether you realize it or not. Just is like, go ahead, challenge yourself. Like we say, just being uncomfortable with the pain because it's painful for a lot of guys, me or you, who are problem oriented to let that guard down and be told that, you know, a lot of ways you look at things aren't necessarily wrong, but they're not helpful. It's a hard thing to hear, especially if you know it's been a problem with a past partner or another relationship. It's just like, yeah, you not being empathetic or just being black and white or et cetera is, you know, an, an issue. And it's going to bleed over into every other part of your life. Life is a double-edged sword. Your biggest strength is your biggest weakness. So take yourself to therapy. Get yourself, even if it's just a council of, of friends that are afraid of challenging your ideas, get that. Can't just live in an echo chamber. Yes. Fantastic. So, so that's that's like a fifth, sixth, and seventh podcast that we could be talking about. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, uh, I am truly thankful that you you had some time to talk with us. This, this did phenomenally better than I thought it would. And uh, why don't you tell, give us a, a little bit of information so if people want to reach out to you to, to get coached by you. Coaching can be on, you know, not only on the level of in-person, you know, these days we're, we're discovering that we can call people and learn something, just a little bit of you know, knowledge, even just like I am right now from you, some great nuggets and words of wisdom. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? So the 
two easiest ways to get in touch with me just or by email or social media. By email, it's fightfirminfo at gmail.com. So fightfirminfo, that's the name of my gym, info at gmail.com. Or you can reach us out to me on fightfirm on Instagram, fightfirmgym, or Devin Williams PT, Philly Fit Coach, as I'm called. <laughs> so those are the ways you can, you, can, you can get in touch with me. Oh, great. Fantastic. And I'll put those in the comment notes, too, if, if someone didn't get that. So, um, again, thank you so much. And I want to tell everyone in the audience, uh, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, if you really like to what the words we heard from Devon today, and if you want to hear, uh, if you want to hear more about him in the future and or even other things uh, that we talked about here on the podcast, please like the episode, subscribe, and share with your friends. I think there's more knowledge that we can give out there to to really expand the wellness of mental and physical health because it's so intertwined. And until next time, I really hope that you all strive to make those little steps, even the little step matters to make a better version of you. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this episode of A Better You Podcast, please like and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for future episodes of A Better You. For more information about myself, Dr. Clifford Yun, and my services, head to cliffpt.com. That's C-L-I-F-F-P-T dot com.